good evening. It's another episode of Home Theater United, episode 42. I'm Sam Poston, and tonight I am joined by my uh, esteemed guest, Brian Storkel. Brian is a director, producer, and editor, and uh, he's got a extensive IMDb list, and he was uh, introduced to us by some friends of the podcast, so I say thanks to them. And uh, we'll jump, we're going to jump right into it. Brian, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm doing absolutely terrific tonight. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. We've uh, been mailing back and forth, and finally we're able to make schedules work, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I hope I don't uh, let you down. Oh no, no, no! This is uh, this this is actually a kind of a trend for us. Uh, you know, I tell people when they ask, "Well, what's the podcast about?" and I say, "Well, I really want to get out there and I want to talk to people that are involved in all aspects of uh, you know home theater and 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 you know media at large. I want to talk to actors, directors, editors, and you're in the cross sections of all that. You you basically bill yourself as a producer, director. I see you're doing, you've got editing credits on everything you've done. How, how do you juggle so many hats? Yeah, um, honestly, the more you, you know, kind of have experience in different specific roles, the better it makes you at other positions, I feel. So for me, um, you know, having experience as an editor um, makes me a better director. Having, you know, being able to operate a camera and knowing how to, you know, be a cinematographer on certain projects makes me a better director as well. So like, I don't, you know, typically um, now I'm mostly directing or doing, you know, producing, but I understand all those roles. So I, I'll still sometimes be one of the editors on a project, but uh, most of the time now there isn't as much juggling and I have specific people that are usually hire people that are better than me, you know, better <laughs> editors or better cinematographers oh. or, you know, to, to handle those specific roles. And then I just jump in and help out a little here and there because it's still sometimes fun to get in there and just do the actual work yourself. Absolutely. And are, are you doing some of the writing on those as well? Yeah. I mean, and with documentaries, a lot of times um, there's a bit of writing that happens up front. Um, we mostly do documentaries and we'll, you know, we'll write an outline or a script of what we think the film will be based on the story as we know it already. But mm -hmm. then you discover all sorts of things as you go. And so then a lot of the writing happens afterwards when you're actually in the edit and you're trying to figure out how to make things work and you're, you know, doing a lot of writing and during the post-production phase during the edit. Yeah, and I, I'm actually going to skip questions a little bit because um, I just had a chance to watch your latest uh, production, Pez Outlaw, which just landed on Netflix this week. It's oh, also, great! Yeah, it, it it's yeah, also available. It's also available to buy on all major stores, iTunes, and all that. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was filmed beautifully, and I I mean that uh, both visually as well as the thing has a ton of heart. Um, I, I know you're big into documentaries. You've, you've seen Three Identical Strangers? Yes, yes. I, I felt like this was a combination of Three Identical Strangers mixed a little bit with, like, uh, Tiger King. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so that, that's high praise it. for me. And, 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 you know, obviously none of the characters are as, you know, outrageous as, <laughs> as Joe Exotic, but, man, yeah. they're... They're quirky in their own way. And yeah. uh, how, how did you well, come love, upon that story? Right. I love quirky characters. So I think we were always, you know, uh, we're always looking for those types of stories. And specifically this one, we were in the middle of, you know, pandemic and just 
wanted to find something fun. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we heard about Steve and his story, we just uh, went right to him on Facebook and started talking to him and, and started, you know, kind of an online conversation that then turned into phone calls. And he, um, you know, was eager to, to, to make a film. So it, 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 I think we we kind of started out um, saying we need to find something like this that is that fits a certain um, set of criteria, and that's the next project we want to make. And then he kind of just fit all the pieces perfectly. Well, our, our listeners know that I I love documentaries, and um, I, I'm probably on a, a track of at least one a month, and so I heartily recommend this one. I, I and I use the word heart there because I mean, I mean the Again, I love quirky characters too, and I, I I love the recreations that you did from the '80s and '90s, um, and I I think that uh, it, it was just a terrific story, well told. So so kudos on that. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, we're excited. It's finally like it's taken. You know, you always spend like a year or two on these mm -hmm. things, um, and then you know it 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 had a little soft launch a couple months ago, and then now it's kind of. Being on Netflix now, starting to catch on, and and that's where you know the most people can see it. So there's gonna, you know, there's there's. I noticed today, it just this morning popped into the top ten movies oh, on that's, uh, on Netflix. That's so, awesome! Congrats, man. That's 10 great. In the U.S., um, which means, and I was looking at it again. I was like, okay, so number five is like, we're number six. Number five is Glass Onion, which is you know, <laughs> a sequel, and then. The rest of them above us aren't even documentaries. So I can yeah. currently say as we sit here today that we're the number one documentary on Netflix right now. Well, so, that's well-deserved. Um, exciting. You, you had mentioned the pandemic. Uh, would, this was a pandemic production. Can you talk about how that played into things? It was. It was middle of the year. Um, you know, I, I think we started, uh, went out to visit Steve in the summer of 2020. Finally, when it was, you know, we waited for, a moment where it was somewhat safe enough to get out there and met up with him. And, uh, you know, once we met him in person and met his wife and his family, uh, we just realized that we had to make this movie. And then as we went through production, we kind of had to, we got lucky on a few things with, as far as COVID goes with, um, uh, there was two trips that we made to Austria for this film. Mm -hmm. Cause part of the story takes place in Europe. Um, and we ended up, uh, <laughs> the first trip we went over there, I'm not going to give the exact dates because I'm going to forget them and mess it up right now. But the first trip we went over there, they hadn't had a wave of, of COVID hit yet. So everything okay. was shut down here, but we got over there and everything was just open and great. And we got our first filming trip in. Then things hit over there and then they kind of opened up just in time when we needed to go back again. Uh, so it was it was playing, you know, it was it was a little tough at times, but we have a small crew and we could, we were flexible about when we could film and we, you know, started editing and then just when thing when there was breaks in you know when the numbers were low and it was safe to travel we'd go travel and film some more and then we'd come back and we'd be editing when you know things would shut down again so it was it's kind of the perfect uh project and it was independently done too so we weren't answering to any big studios or anything that were um telling us what we could or couldn't do about you know even with when it came to covid of course we were being safe but you know it was it wasn't like um you know our sending two to five people on a trip wasn't as complicated as, as if we had been on a bigger production, you know? Sure. So for those who haven't seen it, you got like a 30 second elevator pitch on what it's all about. Yeah, totally. The Pez outlaw. Um, yeah. it is a story of a man who in the nineties 
went to Eastern Europe and found these rare Pez dispensers and started smuggling them back into the U.S. <laughs> and he made millions of dollars doing it and um, was, you know, kind of became rich off of it until his his arch nemesis, who calls himself the president, mm-hmm. who runs Pez USA, decided to uh, try to take him down. So there's a bit of cat and mouse and you got to watch it to see uh, see what happens in the end. But um, it's it's kind of a, a spy adventure yeah. comedy documentary. Um, you got a little heist type elements and yeah. you've got it's it's just a lot of fun because he he basically thinks he's you know it's as if he's smuggling drugs or some <laughs> sort of you know really rare yep. uh, merchandise but it's completely ironic because it's just pez candy dispensers yeah it almost had like a flavor of like war dogs or lords of war or something like that <laughs> you know you had that industrial espionage and you know the the stakes were high and you know being tracked yeah, and stuff I think like it's that. Fun because it's it, it's it's uh, the stakes are always we're always high in his head and you mm-hmm. kind of question you know throughout the film whether they really are high or not. And, yeah. And he, uh, you know he's reading these Tom Clancy books and he's basically <laughs> living in this this Tom Clancy you know adventure of his own. But some of the stuff you know is created you know and some of the stuff is real and you sure. have to figure out as an audience what what things are real and what aren't and the the people that surrounded him in this story are quirky and insightful at the same time you know that they're like oh yeah this really did happen and he didn't know it but yeah and i i thought that was that that was super cool that that you tied that all together you had some um i think you even had some visual effects in there and you had some you know great recreations and the tom clancy stuff I thought that was really cool from coming from a from a documentary perspective. Thanks so, a lot. Yeah, so really cool Part on that. Also, that just we want you know we wanted to make something that we could have fun making. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of our other films, like one of our last films, was a little darker. And this, like especially during times where things were tough, personally, you know, and, and with most people in the world, like we were just like, okay, we need something that we can. Um, where our work can be fun for a bit. So yeah. um, not that it isn't fun. It's usually fun, but we were like, let's make it extra fun. And so our goal from day one was just like, if we're you know not having fun making this, then the audience isn't going to have fun watching it. So we need to like make sure that everything we do, that we're you know laughing and having fun with it. Yeah, well, mission accomplished on that, man. Because I, I, you know, I like I said, I I get into the serious documentaries, but I like a fun one too. And and this really hit that bill. So have you have you taken it to festivals or anything like that? Yeah, we've played I think probably about forty festivals. I wow. think we've won thirteen or so. Awesome. Fourteen awards maybe. Um, it's done really well, audience awards and jury awards, and um, it it went uh, March of uh, last year. It was at South by Southwest as its okay. premiere, and nice. then it played festivals from March until you know like November or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's always great to show show a film, you know, in a theater and mm-hmm. with an audience. I mean, of course, seeing it on the theater screen um, is great. But like, see, you know, hearing the audience respond, we don't always get that this day and age. A lot of times you release something into the streaming abyss and, yeah. and you sometimes don't know, you know, um, how well people enjoyed it or not. You You get a few notes here and there, but you're like, yeah, it's out. And it just feels kind of anticlimactic so sitting with an audience you know in a theater is great um i love that watching my you know personally watching movies as well i i watch 
way more movies in a theater than um than at home but i don't have a good uh home theater setup so. oh okay well we'll talk about that in just a little bit but yeah i'm gonna say you don't know this about me but you know we call ourselves home theater united and we're based at a home theater forum yeah. but the vast majority of us love the theatrical experience too yeah and yeah. so I'm, I'm an i'm an a-list member and i'm seeing at least one movie a week based on God, that i love that a-list oh, yeah it's the best it really is i always when i was uh you know younger um, I always like was like, you know, the one the my dream in life someday is to have like a, a, a membership to a theater where I can just see all the movies I wanted. Like I always yeah. would say that I'd say that to my wife, like like that would be the like the fantasy is to just have this like this card that would just let you in just like anywhere. And, and then it, it came true. Well, I'm 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 really bummed out this month because uh, I, I moved to Maryland from New Jersey about 12 okay. years ago. And in my hometown, Kevin Smith has purchased my home, uh, my hometown home theater, uh, theater, the Atlantic Island Cinemas, and so he's turned that into his own home theater, and he's showing, you know, festival stuff and his favorites and and new movies too. And I'm like, oh man, if I was still home, I'd be there every weekend. Yeah, you got to go back. Go I, visit. I, yeah, I gonna I do visit quite a bit, but I haven't been there yet. But it's on my list. I, I you know, we, okay. we we love the theater stuff. So, um, tell me how did how did you get into documentary making? How, did you fall into it? Did you start with shorts, or you know, where, how did you yeah. come to that? I think I was always in you know into photography. You know, from you know, at least from high school days. Um, I I liked movies but i wasn't as into them i think as a as a kid i didn't have a tv in my house um oh okay so when i got to and we definitely when i got to like high school you know we we got a tv that was only allowed to be you know we could only watch it maybe once a week on a friday night or something <laughs> okay. but then uh when i moved away you know of course to college the first thing i got was a yeah. big tv and and uh surround sound system for my dorm room and like it, you know, it was just, it was like, uh, I, it was something I'd always wanted and, and kind of had been a thing where in the past we could rent it, you know, VCR and, and movies on my birthday or something. So like I got to college and I was just like, that was the very first thing I did go get that system. And, you know, everybody on the floor would come hang out in our dorm room cause we had the best setup and I bought all the DVDs and all the, you know, everything. Um, nice. but, uh, you know, so I liked watching them. Um, and then got into college and did some media, um, you know, got a degree in, in, in multimedia in mm -hmm. general, but I still wasn't into documentaries until I went to, uh, the South by Southwest film festival in Austin, Texas. Ah, okay. I started going there and watching these documentaries and realized that like, uh, they could be fun. Like, I think my yeah. only image of documentary was the old school, uh, you know, more educational documentary and. Um, started watching films that um, were entertaining and, and had, uh, you know, these unusual characters where it was just kind of like a day in the life of these people that, you know, there was a movie called um, like Home Movie that from Chris Smith, who also did American Movie. It was mm -hmm. about these uh, like five or six people that lived in these different home, unique types of homes. Like one woman lived in a tree and one man lived in like a Oh, missile uh, silo and another guy lived in this robot house and like you know just these really fun documentaries that um 
kind of inspired me. And I, I went to that festival for several years in a row and just got into, you know, and started loving watching documentaries before, you know, the documentary boom. I think this was like probably 2002. Okay. Um, 2001, 2002 when I started going there and I went for maybe five years in a row and then um, just decided, um, you know, we moved out to LA and I got out here and started working on a documentary and our first one was in 2007. Um, but it, uh, it, it came from just a love of watching them. Like I was a fan of watching them before I ever, you know, had made one. Gotcha. Can you tell the, our listeners the name of your company and what, what the origin of that yeah. is? Yeah. Our company is called side stilt, um, side stilt. Um, it comes from a Norwegian word. My wife is Norwegian. Uh-huh. Um, the Norwegian word would be sida stilte. I hope I'm not butchering it but it means to juxtapose and like we, a lot of the things in our, in our work are things that kind of don't go together that, um, that we, uh, that we, especially in our early films, we made some films about things that just were kind of, um, polar opposites that, you know, like the, like Holy Rollers was one of our first films about gambling, uh, you know, pastors who took Vegas for millions. (laughs) And that was like, um, I think, that the name of the company stems from those types of, of projects, just like fish out of water kind of, kind of stories. That's awesome. And, and, uh, I, I do have noted here that, uh, I am going to watch that because, uh, I, I've, uh, followed the, um, oh, the Harvard, uh, card counting team and stuff like that, but I'd never heard of the, um, the, the card counting Christians. So that, that, that sounds pretty cool. What can you tell us about that one? Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, a friend of mine um, who started this team and we ended up joining the the Blackjack team ourselves and then also making a documentary about it at the same time. But it was, you know, a group of uh, people who came from the church world where gambling, uh, you know, was kind of a no-no, like a big, uh, very looked down upon mm-hmm. by most of the people, you know, by their families and, and, and such. And uh, they decided... You know, there's not anything really wrong with this, according to their beliefs. It's just something that traditionally had been looked down upon. And they um, they basically, uh, you know, decided to start this blackjack team and and trained, you know, other people to count cards. And they had they bankrolled the team, had investors and just went to Vegas and and went at it. That's really cool. I, I, you know, I, I love these stories. It's the whole Andy Warhol 15 minutes of fame. Right. And. Um, you know, the, the weirder and, you know, more offbeat that you can find folks that have stories that haven't been told. I'm, I'm all for that. So that sounds really cool. The, the one that I don't know anything about, and I, I'm really looking forward to hearing your explanation, is this Legend of Cocaine Island documentary. What's that? Yeah, the Legend of Cocaine Island. That, that's, a, that's a fun one. It's also on Netflix. Um, and I produced that in my buddy Theo Love directed it and that was about this man in Florida as which is the way a lot of good documentaries yeah, start. Yeah, Florida man, right? Yeah. He um, you know, basically heard this story about this uh buried treasure on an island in, in Puerto Rico. Um, two million dollars worth of treasure. And he decided uh it was a campfire tale, but he decided that he was gonna go investigate and find out if this if this story was real and um he got a treasure map and went down there and um 
went to search for this two million dollars of buried cocaine actually mm-hmm. um and then he was you know the plan is to bring it back into the united states and uh make some money and help take care of his family um and uh it becomes a pretty wild adventure and has several big twists and turns that i don't want to give away but sure. he, yeah, yeah. it's 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 similar to the pez movie um and in the way that um the main subject of the film uh he also acts and play plays himself as an actor um mm. in the in the recreations okay uh, and it's it's just a fun adventure film it's a it's a treasure hunt film which is you know who doesn't want to have fun uh hunting for treasure oh i mean i'm i'm all for that i know that my my parents were you know involved in uh, watching that snake island treasure hunt thing and they were you know every time i went to their house we were spending hours watching that so it it sounds like it's right up that alley i had seen on imdb that it might have been turned into a movie with uh will ferrell but that's off now what's going on yeah we were developing uh, a scripted film with will ferrell um, with Netflix, actually, um, it was part of the deal with the documentary purchase. Um, and then we got through a script phase of it or two, and then, uh, Netflix decided not to move forward with the script. So we're kind of, we're, um, in the, uh, stages of, of writing a new script and working to partner with some other people to get it made, but it's still, it's still, um, it's still in the works. And I think it could be, it's going to be a really good movie when it gets made. So have you have you done any feature films before? Or would that have been your first? I have not. Yeah, we've only done uh, documentaries. So, okay. Um, yeah, that's that's been our main uh, our main thing. Well, if any of our listeners have any juice with the studios, uh, get get on that because th- this sounds really <laughs> wild. So, I'm disappointed. I'm not going to get to see Will Ferrell, uh, a treasure hunter. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never but you know. never know, right? Yep. Yeah. And um, so, uh, what, what do you got cooking uh, after uh, Pez? Yeah, we're um, we're busy on a few things. We're we're constantly looking for for new ideas. We're working on, you know, we're we're working on uh, some projects for Netflix that we can't talk about. Sure, no, no, that's um, fun. Specifically, they haven't been announced yet. Um, and then we've got a, a series going, another documentary series, and then we've got several things. It's nothing I can uh, talk about now, though, because it just hasn't been announced publicly. But all That's fun. great, you know, documentaries in the same kind of fun, um, adventurous, you know, spirit as as uh, as Pez and as Cocaine Island. Well, that's wild. I, I'm I'm glad to see that this is, uh, you know, that it's you know, turn in rewards for you because I, like I said, I really enjoyed Pez and you guys have a, a unique vis- vision on it. So I want to see that continue. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So you'd mentioned uh, having a home theater yourself. Um, where, where are you at with that? Um, we don't have anything. We kind of need to buy a house first. Oh, um, okay. We're, we, uh, but yeah, we're, we're looking right now into building a screening, you know, we're looking into building out our office a little big bigger and, and uh, with that, we want to build a screening room in the office. Oh, that works. Uh, sure. So we're looking into that right now and just um, haven't started um, probably expanding to the office in the next couple of months that has enough space for that. But we always, um, you know, we have we have several edit bays usually with, you know, that we're editing on different projects. But then we never have a, a larger screening area where we can have, you know, you know, 
10 to 20 people watch something. And so we, we're trying to figure out how to build, you know, something like that out now. Well, I, I know some guys that can uh, help you spend money. So <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you need res, uh, resources and advice, come to Home Theater Forum because they, uh, they will hook you up. Yeah, we'll check it out. All right, cool. Um, you you keep saying we, and uh, I know that you said that you. I know that your wife has gotten credits on uh, your film uh, on Pez at least as well. Um, you guys are are working everything together. Yeah, we do. We ha- we run our company together. Sometimes we direct together, like the Pez movie. Sometimes we work in different roles. But yeah, we we do a lot of you know all of our work is basically together. That's great. That's great. And it's the first time I've had anybody on the show that that uh, you know has the I want to say luxury of having you know friends and uh, family working together on stuff like that. So uh, that that's a that's an interesting. Uh, you know, capability that you've got there. Um, yeah, it sounds really fun. cool. And we have different, you know, even as directors, we have different um, strengths. Um, so it, you know, we we tend to, you know, one of us will do. Uh, we don't do the same thing on a job. Like we'll, you know, kind of split up the the tasks. That's really cool. And I know that uh, again, going through your IMDb, there was a a, a bunch of uh, sports shorts and things like that. Uh, any plans yeah. to continue that, or anything you can tell us about that that work? We love. I mean, it's it seems like we've found a lot in the sports world um, that is, um, you know, that that there's a lot of stories there. Like our one of our favorites that we ever worked on was a bowling movie, and it was the Thirty for Thirty, um, the Bad Boy of Bowling. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, it it's it's really fun. It's a father son story with a lot of heart, but it's also about this you know this wild guy like Pete Weber who became this kind of rock star of the sport. Um, and uh, I think I think we just always love finding um, you know finding uh, stories in places where you wouldn't expect them, um, and nobody would expect you know out of bowling that you would get. Uh, you know, any sort of, uh, not to be, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you wouldn't expect to have this story with so much heart and also with, you know, something where people would be interested in it that aren't even interested in bowling, you know? Oh, I mean, I, I I get it. I I get it because like I said, I, I dig into, to documentaries to, to get different perspectives on the world. So definitely going to have to put that in my, is it on Netflix? Uh, that, Oh, that was an HBO uh, thing, right? Yeah. ESPN is 30 for 30. So wherever they're, uh, I think Disney or wherever they're streaming, Disney plus is where, where they're on. That makes sense. Okay, cool. I will definitely uh, see if we can find a link to that to put in the show notes. So, um, what else in the, in, in the, in your background, would you like folks to see, or what can you, uh, want to talk about? Um, you know, uh, honestly, like the Pez movie is our favorite thing right now. That's the main thing that um, that we are excited to talk about and for people to watch because it's not a traditional documentary. Um, mm-hmm. It, you know, and then also it deals with, you know, it has a love story. It also has, deals with mental health. I think yep. there's just um, there's a lot there that you wouldn't expect out of a movie about candy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the one we're like super excited for people to see right now okay well, we'll make sure we highlight that big time I, I i think that's it on the questions that i had i, I really appreciate you uh you joining us uh but you're gonna you're gonna uh, play our game with us correct all right let's do it all right. wasn't quite ready for that 
All right. Well, you are your first experience with our little ecstasy of gold, good, bad, or ugly here. You want to go first or you want me to? Why don't you go first so I see how it works? Okay, sure. So my movie for the the week or my media for the week is uh, Kevin Smith's Clerks 3. I'm woefully behind in my official review for Home Theater Forum. Mm. Have you seen any of the the Clerks uh, series? Yes, you know I've I've seen the first one. I don't think I've seen. I don't think I definitely haven't seen three. I can't remember if I saw two or not. Okay. Well, I will tell you, and and this may may or may not influence you, but in Clerks one, they do go to Poston's funeral home, which my family did own for a hundred years, but no longer does. Oh wow! So you've got you've got a personal connection. So oh man, I've got personal connections I, all over the film. So yeah. So I'm supposed to guess it, what your experience was like. Yes. Was did did bad. I did did I judge Clerks Three to be good, bad, or ugly? I think you probably thought it was ugly. I just can't see how a third film uh, <laughs> of that would be something that you would you know. I feel like the expectations would be too high after waiting so long, mm-hmm. and that um, especially with your personal ties. And how much it probably means to you. The first one, yep. you you most likely had a negative experience because it could never live up to what you would have wanted. That is um, a dead-on assessment going in, but a hundred percent wrong coming out. Wow! <laughs> I, wow. I, okay. I, I liked it. I I wouldn't say it's a great film, uh, but they take the characters that uh, we know and love for the last thirty years, and. Um, they sidetrack him a little bit with, you know, life intervenes, um, you know, some health issues and things like that that help the characters better understand who they are and what what their lives were about. And uh, a little bit of, you know, that plays out with the community around them, too. And so, again, I know some of the people involved in the production and things like that. And Home Theater Forum's got, uh, you know, a couple connections to that as well. So I thought this film had way more heart than it needed, that that it had any right to have. And <laughs> I attribute that to, to Smith's own, um, you know, health issues. And, you know, uh, he famously has lost a lot of weight and, you know, yeah. be, become way more cognizant of his own mortality. And as somebody with a brain tumor, I, I live that every day. So, wow, yeah. Uh, wow. So, so I, uh, you know, I, I definitely thought it was way better than expected. Yeah. Okay. No, so, that's great. So tell that's me the the title of your film media show. What, what do we got? Yeah, so I just finished watching the 6th episode of Paul T Goldman on Peacock. Okay. So I do not have Peacock. They're they they've got something big new coming out that I was tempted to get a subscription. I forget what it was, but I have never heard of this show. Can you tell me at least okay. who's in it? It is a documentary series. Okay. About about somebody named Paul T. Goldman? Possibly. Okay. And <laughs> hmm, you're going to really stretch me on this one. So I do know you... What you... more information do you, do you okay. want to know? No, 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 no. What they directed? Do you want to know who the dire- director was and what they maybe directed before? Sure, let's go there. Let that That's, uh, that's hint okay. enough, I think. So the director is Jason Wolliner, mm-hmm. and he he also directed... Uh, Borat's subsequent movie film. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ah, 
I can't imagine that you thought that you, you made it to episode six, so I can't imagine you thought this was anything other than good. Yeah, I mean, that's a giveaway, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do you like about it, and and who's, and who's um, what, what's the, the background? Yeah, so it's about this guy who uh, starts telling you his story of his uh, ex-wife and a, kind of an elaborate crime ring that she was involved in. Um, and he's a very eccentric uh, subject. He's mm-hmm. very, um, he very much loves that his story is being told um, and he takes you on this journey that you don't know what is real and what to believe and what not to believe. I think the first episode I started asking myself, like, is this is this guy even real? And I had to, like, do some like some Googling yeah, to figure out, like, is this even a documentary mm. or what? Like, I didn't know. But he's kind of he's writing, uh, you know, he wrote this book and then he wrote a screenplay. And so the documentary is kind of. Um, he's telling his story, but they're also, um, they're also filming his screenplay and you're seeing the behind the scenes from the filming and you're seeing the scenes. So So it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty creative and pretty funny and then kind of takes you in a different direction that you wouldn't expect, you know, halfway through and, and then by the end ends up in a really heartfelt place as well, which is, which is great. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, it's all. You know, it's Peacock, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was from, you know, Annapurna. Okay. Um, uh, so it, it's, it's been something that they've been working on, I think, for like 10 years or something. Okay. Um, so definitely a little bit of the unreliable narrator there. A little exactly, bit of. Exactly, which I love. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Well, so I think that's going to do that, going to do it for this episode. I can say nothing but my extreme. Um, admiration and uh, thank you for joining me but I really did enjoy Pez Outlaw and I recommend that all of our viewers give it a shot and I am going to dig into your back catalog a little bit more uh, Brian so thank you very much for for joining us on the show anything else you want to finish up with? That's it yeah thank you so much for having me All right, well, this will be out either tonight or tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we get some more folks on Home Theater Forum into the Pez Outlaw Rodeo. Awesome. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you very much. We'll see you all guys next time. 